thankful for the name of Jesus. Let me get my notes. They're out of order. We're having a nice ring on that. You guys hear that ring? All right. We'll hopefully get uh, deal with that. Let's, let's open our Bible to the book of Numbers. And 13. I don't preach a whole lot out of the Old Testament, but how many know that the Old Testament is types and shadows of the new? So circumstances and situations that we find ourselves in, a lot of times we can relate to the Old Testament. And uh, we can find it is helpful. And uh, I had a little uh, preface in the beginning of mine. I have a study Bible I bought years ago. And uh, about the book of Numbers, it says, in the beginning, it says, the lesson of Numbers is clear. While it may be necessary to pass through wilderness experiences, one does not have to live there. For Israel, an 11-day journey became a 40-year agony. I could probably close the Bible right there. How many of us have experienced that? We've gone through some things, and we are unnecessarily stuck in those ruts of life. And I always refer, when I'm talking about that, to Hosea 4.6. It says, for lack of instruction, my people suffer. For ignorance, you know, they say ignorance is bliss. Ignorance will bash your face in. It will kill you. So that's why we're here to learn. You don't just send in, I mean, I work at a prison, and if you're ignorant about the schemes of the enemy, I mean, we have people who are in for anything in the book. There's rapists and murderers, and they have been in, the, some of these guys have been in for 28 years since I was still in high school, believe it or not. But some of these guys are, I mean, they spend their whole time just looking for a weakness, for a weak link. And if you don't, if you walk in there with ignorance, they will play you, and they will get you We've had officers that have been uh, coaxed into bringing in simple things, giving them, giving them extra copies of something they shouldn't have. Next thing you know, they're bringing in cigarettes and drugs, and they get scammed, and it becomes something that's out of control. So we, ha we have a good God, and he can, as we open the word of God, he can give us revelation. It says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus said, I came that you might have life in abundance to the full, till it overflows. Amen. So as we get revelation, we know what the devil's up to, so he can't, cannot surprise us. And we don't have to go through 40 years of misery on this earth. This, for us believers on earth, this is the only hell that we will ever experience. And for the sinner, if you don't have Jesus, this is heaven to you. Hell is no joke. It is real. But we don't, we don't have to go there. And we're going to talk about that today. In Numbers, we're going to kind of jump around in, in Numbers Basically, God, God was sending them to the land of Canaan. And Moses, in uh, 13, 17, says, When Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, he said to them, Go up there into the Negev, then go up into the hill country. And skipping to 23, they sent some spies there. Then they came to the valley of Eshol. I'm probably going to pronounce a lot of these wrong. Pardon me. And from there, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between the two men. So, so those are some big grapes, all right? Some of the pomegranates and the figs. 27 says, and they told him with the report, we went into the land where you sent us, and it certainly does. It flows with milk and honey and big, big grapes. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who live there are very strong. So that's kind of a mixed message. 
the, the uh, title of this message is The Good Reporter. And there's a song we used to sing, uh, Whose Report Shall You Believe? And I say, We Shall Believe the Report of the Lord. Amen? We're going to believe what God has promised. And in, I'm skipping forward, but basically, he spent, they sent 12 spies. Check out this land. See what's there. So they brought back this fruit and said, hey, this is something amazing that God has promised us. It says in 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up, take possession of it, for we shall surely overcome it. But, 13 says, but the men. How many know when you say the word but? I'll just throw out the first part, right? It says, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are too strong for us so that's what you call an evil report in the end of uh, 33 it says that we became grasshoppers in our own sight so they they were not grasshoppers but in their own mind they became small so basically and 14 7 says and they spoke to all the congregation and the sons of israel saying, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is pleased with us, then he will bring us back into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they shall be our prey. Now this is Caleb speaking. They, their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear. And God, God provided for them a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire, manna. And the, but the people started grumbling. Basically, what happened, I'll sum it up. There was 12 spies that went out from each tribe, one guy from each tribe, and 10 people came back with an evil report saying, we're grasshoppers, we're, we cannot do it. Joshua and Caleb, those are two names you know. You probably know a Josh, you probably know a Caleb. I don't know what the other guys' names are, but I'm guessing they're not a popular name. But they suffered for 40 years in, in the wilderness when it could have been 11 days. They could have went directly from here, point A to point B. And how many, we're in the same boat. God is saying, Jamie, go and do this thing. And I'm like, but it looks scary. I, I've never seen anybody in my family ever succeed in that area, but the Lord is calling us to do it. We have that decision to shrink back and listen to our own thoughts and our own emotions and our feelings. But how many, how many got, know that God does give us feelings? We can enjoy our family, our time. We can enjoy a good television show. But we're not supposed to be dictated by our emotions, amen? We're supposed to be led by the, the Spirit of God. And long story short, those two men, uh, Joshua and Caleb, were the only two to enter into that promised land. The Lord had to wait till everybody else died from that generation because they could not enter in. So that's why we know Joshua and Caleb. That's why they're famous. They were the only two that were able to enter in. So how, how important it, it, it is, is it, that we confess rightly, that we speak the word rightly? And I was looking in the book of James, James verse 3, or chapter 3, verse 2, says, For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put a bit in horses' mouths 
mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. And look at a ship, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a force a little fire kindles. So how important it is that we're confessing and dividing the word rightly and speaking the word. Because we know that when we believe wrong, we will speak wrong and we will get wrong results. So on the flip side, when you start speaking rightly, then you will make right decisions and you will have the kind of life that God intends us to have. A true statement is that we are the righteousness of God. He has made us righteous. He's, he was made sin that we might be made the righteous. Amen? So I, you can say, I am the righteousness of God. Say it. I am dead to sin, and I'm alive to God. Say it again. I am the righteousness of God. I am dead to sin, and alive to God. Now, that will confuse some people, because do you still sin? Yes, we, we, we still failed the Lord in certain ways. But do we, he's changed our nature. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says... Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new cre creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So, you know, you might even say, well, let's get first thing first. I'm getting myself. In order to go to heaven, you must be born again. Jesus, that was in, let's just go there. I didn't write that down, but I know, we, we all know John 3.16, but there's a little bit right before that. John 3.3, 3, Nicodemus, he asked Jesus, uh, he came to him at night and he said, he, he said, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God, this is verse 2, as a teacher, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So that's the first thing today. You have to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is Lord of your life. And if you don't know that, today is the day of salvation. You cannot do anything without knowing Jesus. You will not enter. And that's the thing is God is not going to look at all of your sin. And I, I don't know where I heard it. And Well, I know I heard it from the enemy. But the enemy tells you that there's going to be a judgment someday. And you're going to watch. I don't even know where I heard this in the, back in the 80s. But there's some screen that I'm going to get there. And they're going to play back every mistake on a big screen like that. Every time that I swore. Every time that I kicked the dog. Every time that I gambled. Every time that I committed fornication, whatever, but, you know, everybody's going to see it, and God sent Jesus to become all of those sins, 
And when we stand before him, he's going to say, did you receive the free gift, my son? If you can say yes, he'll say, welcome. But if you don't know Jesus, say, depart from me. I did not know you. You had the opportunity. Jamie Hamel was speaking to you, and he said, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You have to go through him. So if you don't know Jesus, today is your day. If you have not said that prayer in John 10, 9 and 10, it says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be born again. It's simple as that. Saul on the road, is it to Damascus? He said, Jesus, right? He called upon the name of the Lord. It didn't say that he confessed and believed. He did confess and believe because he said Jesus. There was faith in that name of Jesus. So it does no good for us to change. I'm talking about using the rudder and, our, and, our, and the, the two uh, spies that had a good report. They spoke, but they had faith. There was faith in what they confessed, that we are well able. And the enemy will be obliterated because God is for us. There was faith in that. So you're hearing me preach today, right? But if you just don't put any faith in it, you could just say, well, the Lord is good and mercy endures forever. And it's just a text for you, but it's not alive in you. His, his word is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's dividing spirit and soul. His word is deep. It will cut you. So, I mean, as far as sin goes, maybe somebody's like, well, I don't do the Big Ten. I don't break the Ten Commandments, you know. Uh, so, but I'm telling you this. Anything done outside of faith is sin. Hebrews 10, uh, 11, 6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you're not doing something by faith, you're wasting your time. To, and if you know something that you're supposed to be doing, but you don't do it, that is also sin. To walk in unbelief and doubt is sin. Delayed obedience is sin. Harboring resentment in your heart and not forgiving your especially your family. I mean, those seems like that's where the most strife is, the people that you live with every day. Those are the people who should be the most sensitive, and I'm guilty of that. Sometimes I know my wife, uh, her grandfather, she used to say that he was kind of crass, right, kind of rough with his own family. But strangers, oh, come on in. We got lots of food. But, and that's totally the opposite of how we should be. Not that we should be rude to strangers, but we should be, our hearts should be soft at home, Amen. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not, I'm not just pointing out that we, we sin. We all fall short of the glory of God, right? Yeah. And that's in uh, Romans 3. Uh, X. Romans. God is good, right? You guys getting anything today? I'm really trying hard. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Uh, Romans 3. I've heard this read before. 23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And they just, you walk out of church like, wow, I sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But there's a verse right after that. It says, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption, which is in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you that you paid for our sins, that we don't have to walk around all the time saying, I messed up, I messed up, bang, I hit another mistake, I made another mistake. That gets you nowhere. Sin consciousness is from the devil. And, and the, the, we were at a prayer meeting this Thursday. Right here, um, there was a handful of us just holding hands, and the Lord was, we were all just sharing. And the thing I got was 
God brought to remembrance to me that one of the biggest persecutors of his church is religion. We get stuck in religious habits. And, you know, even as a worship leader, I'm like, well, we got to have some fast songs, get people going. We shouldn't have to do fast songs to get you guys going. You should come in ready. Whoa, God is good. I want to just, I want to shake hands with somebody. I want to bless somebody else. But I know the devil comes seeking who he can devour. But we got to be celebrating him throughout the week. Put on some praise and worship. And, you know, that just baffles the enemy when he puts persecution, he puts guilt and condemnation. And um, he is the accuser of the brethren. So he tries to keep us down and, and low. But if we, in the midst, in the midst of our darkest hour, if we could be thankful, Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. You know, and sometimes you say, well, what can I be thankful for? I don't see anything. Just be thankful that the sun came up today, that you have breath in your lungs. Amen? So start out small. If you can, if you can thank God before you see something, you're going to get it a lot quicker. Because uh, you, you shouldn't have to see the thing. Faith is the assurance. the substance of things hoped for. You gotta, the hope is like the target. I'm shooting right for it, God. I'm not taking my eye off it. You have to have your hope in what you want. Amen? Yes, Bible hope. So now, first thing was first, right? You got to get born again. And we're going to have an opportunity today to recommit your life to the Lord if, if that's where you're at today. But once you get born again, that's not where we stop. We need to get our mind renewed. Because when we take upon Christ and we, we say that prayer, I believe in my heart, I confess with my mouth, Jesus, you are my Lord. 33, one-third, because we are, we're a spirit, and, I, and we have a soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body. So there's a three-part, the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, could be represented. Um, so the spirit, which is who we are, I am a spirit being. I live in a physical body, and I have a mind, will, and emotion, which is my soul, okay? So our spirit is born and born to God. Now he puts us in charge of the rest. Now renew your mind. Because how many know that you, somebody might be like, hey, I got a good deal on a phone. We take their phone, and it's like, it's got corrupted files in here, or even a computer. It's like, I don't want all this stuff. It's totally full. Well, what do you have to do? You need a software update. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? You need, you need to download the, the, latest, the, the latest word of the Lord. So we got to update our minds, renew our minds. Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the total renewing of your mind to prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We have to have his word in our mind because in uh, Matthew 12.34, I believe it. Is the right one. I just want to make sure I'm quoting it right. Twelve thirty-four. Well, I'll start. Yeah, start with you, brood of vipers. How can you, being evil, speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. You can't speak something that faith that does that doesn't first go into your heart. That's why we have to hide. His word in our heart that we might not sin. We, a lot of us are sinning with our mouth. Yeah, we're not physically gambling, fornicating, committing adultery. We're not physically, but our, our mind is focused on the wrong things. So when somebody upsets us, we want to lash out and we want to punch him in the face. Where's that anger? That's not a holy anger. 
That's not from God. Every, it says in uh, James, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. That's not a perfect gift, amen? So sin consciousness, that, that's got to go away. We, we can't be walking around uh, listening to the devil because we know that the devil, does he speak the truth? Is there any truth in, in Satan? So, and we know when it's God. God is the gentle spirit. He's the, the gentle voice. And you, you have to listen. Yes, he'll lead you by peace. When we moved up here in 2010, I had a pretty good job down at Michigan State University. I'd been there 12, 13 years or something. And Caden was our son who was nine. He was seven months or so. And we just didn't have peace there. I didn't want to raise my kids there. Not that there's anything wrong with it. But for us, we wanted to be up here in the country, you know. This is God's country, amen. Uh, so anyway, it was our desire to be up here, and we just felt peace. And I, I ended up here with my wife, but we prayed first. Actually, you know, honestly, we prayed on our second date. And uh, I said, we've got all this attraction, and we feel like, God, you're, you're moving here. But I held her hand, and across the picnic table, I said, Father, I said, I hate to pray this, but I'm just going to give her to you. She is your daughter. And I said, if you don't want me to pursue this, just make it clear. Because I don't want to take something that doesn't belong to me. And God gave us that peace. And he gave us a revelation as one, I don't know if it was that night or soon after that, we were praying together. And he said, uh, you know, I've given you the desire of your heart to each other. And we had that confirmation. What's that? Yeah, yeah he knows the whole story. She, she, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So we had known each other. She she spotted me about four years before that, and she already said she put a claim on me. So, yeah, she told her father, "That's the man I'm going to marry." And uh, four years later, our churches joined forces, and uh, all of a sudden there was a beacon of light. But what was I saying earlier than that? Before about peace. Oh, well, peace to move up here. Thank you. We had peace in our heart, and things have not been perfect since we've been up here. We came up in 2010. I took a job working for Lyle Kelly, Getchy Gumi Pellet Company. He had a, a pellet company, which wood pellets in this area seemed very like, amazing, incredible. And he was matching, he was going to match what I was making at MSU to do a job I'd never done. So I was like, hey, I'm all over it. Um, within three or four months of living here on that job, the, the plant closed down. I got laid off. And uh, I'd, I was about 40, 38 years old at that time. I'd never since I was 16 or younger, never not worked. So, okay, so I had to go on unemployment for a while. But remember that day when I told, announced it to my wife, she said, what are we going to do? We just got here. We just signed a new house. We have renters in our other house. And fear came, right? So she was like, what are we going to do? And I just said, we're going to just believe God. Did he call us? Did he give us peace? But if you're making decisions outside of the peace, peace realm, you might be ahead of God or behind God. So what I was saying, sometimes delayed obedience, God telling you to move, and I have missed it. I mean, there's been times when I have a coat and there's a, there's a homeless person on the side of the road. I'm like, give them your coat, and I drive past. Ah, I miss that opportunity. But how many know that that's what we're here for, to learn the voice of the Holy Spirit so that he can lead us and guide us? But let, let's just see where we need to reside when we don't have peace to make a decision, the devil is the one that's saying, you have to decide, you have to, right now, make a decision, make a decision, make a decision, say yes, say yes. That's not God. Hello? Amen? 
That's not God. God will lead you by his word and by peace, and he's going to confirm it. If you've had a, actually I had a word uh, about a, I was at a Hispanic church for quite a while. My wife is from Cuba, and uh, there was a, a, a brother there that had a prophetic word who was a teacher, and he said, you're going to marry a Hispanic woman, and you're going you're gonna to take the word, not only in English, but you're going to take it to Spanish, to Spanish-speaking countries. And I was like, well, I am at a Spanish church. I wasn't like totally disregarding this prophetic word, but I was like, we'll wait, and I'll put it on the back burner. But when I saw her and I met her, I'm like, God, you were looking out for me. So, you know, I'm not one to say if somebody comes up, I've been at meetings before where I didn't know anybody and everybody's praying in tongues, which is of the, word, of the Lord, but I didn't know anybody and they're like, hey, I have a word for you. I'm like, let me take my coat off, you know. So we need to judge a prophetic words, right, by the word of God. Is it confirming in our hearts? And it did confirm some things after I saw you. I was like, he did speak that. And there's many other things that the, the Lord has, has spoken in the past. And I was encouraged this week, too, to stir up those things. If God called you to do something, he still called you to do it. No matter what you have done. Amen? The gifts and callings are without repentance. So if he's called you to something, no matter how old you are or what you think you've done, he hasn't passed you. Sorry, my watch battery went dead. I'm still wearing it out of habit, though. Uh, so we cannot have a sin consciousness, right? Because that's fear-based. God has not given us a spirit of fear. And it talks about in Ephesians that we need to that we are saved by grace through faith and not of ourselves, right? So th when we walk in lies, we're trying to do it ourselves. We're trying to be righteous. We're trying to please God. And it's based on what we can do. But grace relies on the work Jesus already did. How many know that like, it's way better to rest in him, rest in his grace? Religious, religion will try to keep you in bondage. But as we get more word and hunger for his word, Faith will arise. It says in Romans 10, 17, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen? So the more word that we have in that area, and that's the thing, we need to seek out scriptures. Now, if you've got a financial uh, issue, you need to start looking at financial scriptures. If you need healing, you need to go to Isaiah 53. It talks about how by his stripes we were healed. He, was, he, he has 39 stripes on his, on his back when he was tortured. And I believe there are 39 strains of sickness in this world. So he, he has taken upon all things for us so that we can be healed. But we need to be able to know his word. And you don't need to know, you know from Genesis all the way to Revelation, but if, if the more words you can get, amen, the more you put on the inside. When, when you get under duress, that's what you're going to speak. So victory over sinning doesn't come from working on your behavior. It will come from knowing who we are in him. We're freed from him. Victory, I'll say it again. Victory over sinning doesn't come from working on your own behavior. It comes from knowing that we have been freed from sin. Amen? We're no longer slaves to sin. Yes, we sin, but we are not a slave to that nature. I had a neighbor... <coughs> Five, six years ago, maybe more. How long? Yeah, about six years ago, um, that I lost my cool with. He, they, 
how many know the people, your neighbors, you share a fence, they say, was a good fence makes a great neighbor? But they just kind of nitpicked and like, because they used to, uh, they used to live there. So they'd say, hey, your lawn's getting long. I'm like, I'm buying it from you. It's my house. And they're like, hey, aren't you going to take care of those flowers? And I said, straight up, I said, we have little ones, and a flower garden is not going to be my thing. So you can have every one of these flowers. I, I encourage you to give it to your friends or whatever. But they kept going and going. And eventually, like I said, I had this resentment built up. And one day, I just had it. And I don't remember what I said, but there was something maybe that they had promised they were going to do on the house, and they never did. And obviously, that was festering in my mind. And I just, at the supermarket, I think she, she said something, and I went off on her and her husband. And I just felt just so small, so horrible. And how many know that when, yes, we fail, but the Holy, that's what the Holy Spirit's here for. He's like, you need to make it right. So if you guys have aught with me or anybody in this place, don't let anger go down this today. You have to take care of it. So that after, it wasn't like an hour went by, and I went down. He was working in the garage, and I just said, hey, because they are believers too. And I just said, hey, that was not my born-again nature. That was my flesh. That was not me, and I want to apologize. And he said, yeah, where did that come from? I said, not a good place. So I just... I said, if we can just have a redo, and I just, I love you, and, you know, things are a lot better, but I can't take that back. So there's still, and I'm sure when he sees me, I, I've seen him a few times, and there's still that, I still think about it, unfortunately. But how many know that it, it's under the blood? Amen? Hallelujah. So Jesus was made sin so that he could put his nature in us. I'm wrapping it up here, folks. So if you think about it, I don't know who the richest person is. I don't really focus on that. But let's say the richest person in the world would go down and find us somebody that's uh, totally broke, totally poor, living on the streets. And they were just to say, come on and live with me. I'm going to give you keys to the house. I'm going to give you everything. That's not even close to what God did for us. Amen. He took everything that we are, our sinful nature, and he gave, it, gave us heaven. He opened up the windows of heaven. He gave us his heart. He gave us his love. He gives us his mercy. We cannot sin to the point where he gives up on us. Amen? You are not just a sinner saved by grace. Your phone's still on. Honey. You're not a sinner saved by grace. Amen? People say, that. oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Are you a sinner? But your nature, you sin, yes. That's not your nature. If you know Christ, remember, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You are a saint who is working out his salvation, who is renewing his mind. So be patient with yourself. Don't look at pastor or some televangelist. Wow, they got the this, this, and this, this. They weren't, because I'm not a materialistic person, but some people are into that. I don't compare myself. I Try not to, to compare certain singers. I mean, I wish I could sing like that. But you know what? Just use your own voice. Use your own gift. Find a place to get planted in this church. God is going to use you. It says in Ephesians 1 that we are seated in heavenly places with him. We are his masterpiece. He knew us before we were in our mother's womb. That gives us hope, amen? He said, he, he, before we were even... 
in our mother's womb, he said, I know this person will go with this family and this time. God chose, amen? He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. He says that we are his beloved, that we are above and not beneath. And he also says that we are more than conquerors. And we are why he came and died and went to hell and rose again. Amen? Amen. So that's what I have for you today. Let's just end with a word of prayer. Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it did not fall on, fall on deaf ears, God, that it will accomplish all that you called it to do. Lord, I just thank you that you have good plans for our life, God, and that you have made us righteous by your blood, and that you made it available for us to come to you and say, Abba, Father, that by your grace we can come into your presence, into the Holy of Holies. It's no longer uh, a ceremony or the uh, shedding of blood because, Jesus, you said it is finished. You have paid the price. And if any man that calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. And I want to take this opportunity. If there's anybody in this place that does not know Jesus, and they don't know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you were to die in a car accident on the way home, if you don't have that confidence, the 100% chance that you would be greeted by the Father and say, yes, you did know my son. Today is the day of salvation. And like some of the elders to be up here at the end of service. Tom, would, would you want to come up here in a little bit? Carol, Gary. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, as we end, I want you to come up to these people and you come up to myself and my wife and you ask us and we're going we're gonna to walk you through it. But we're going to confess that right now together. But if you have questions about it, you come to us, amen? So let's just say, Father, everybody repeat after me, Father in heaven, I thank you that Jesus came and lived a perfect life to pay for my sins. He died on the cross and he went to hell in my place. And he rose again on the third day so that I could have victory over the enemy. And I denounce my relationship with my past. It is under the blood now. I'm a new creature. Old things are passed away. And everything is made new. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.